Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I am your host as always, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. I'm so super, 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 duper, super, super excited for today's guest. This is someone who is like one of my favorite Twitter followers. And like, you know, when you, you follow someone for a long time and then you finally reach out to ask if they'll be on your pod and you kind of fangirl a little bit happening it's all happening <laughs> please welcome to the mic everybody sex and relationship coach and educator rachel rose hi rachel hi i'm happy to be here i'm so happy to talk to you today yeah i'm excited excite vivi excite um so maybe we'll start in mm-hmm. a place um where maybe you know i can't believe they haven't but if they haven't heard of you like, maybe just to give us a little introduction about, like, who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, so I started Hedonish, my, um, my blog, back in, like, 2015, um, and originally started off just reviewing sex toys, and it kind of quickly grew into way more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am chronically ill and disabled, uh, and I found that a lot of people weren't talking about that in relation to how it impacts sexuality and sex and my experience of navigating... Um, our lovely medical industry in the U.S. Our lovely, uh, lovely, lovely. Uh, some other choice words. Um, Sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and at the same time, um, there was a lot of like actions um, that I personally experienced that I didn't see talked about at the time. That I like. Luckily, there's a lot more of that now. So talking about being queer and neurodivergent and polyamorous and what that looks like opening up a relationship. And so all of that kind of grew into. Um, presenting at conferences and teaching workshops, uh, and then ultimately into coaching. And I've really been enjoying that. Uh, and pre-pandemic, I also um, hosted queer play parties locally. I live Love outside that. of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just for like the, I had two events, one just for, um, to be really reductive about who the demographic is, it's basically non-men. Um, and then another event that was for the whole LGBTQ community that I hope to hopefully bring back in 2023. Oh, I love that. Ugh. That's yeah, so exciting. called Glittergasm Events. Glittergasm Events. Thank you. Um, that's amazing. You sound like you've done so many things, and it sounds like you can speak from so many different kind of lenses as far as, like, talking about sex and sexuality, and that's, like, exactly why I wanted to, like, have you on. I'm like, yes, let's talk <laughs> Let's talk about, you know, through this polyamorous lens, through this, like, dis- disability lens, all of these things. Um, ADHD is another thing that I see you kind of... Uh, tweet about a lot and write about yeah. on a pretty consistent basis and I'm just like yes let's have an episode where we talk about like making making sure perhaps that like we're we're doing all I can all we can to be accessible as far as as far as sex like specifically just for folks that I don't know maybe let's let's say the scenario of like hey, maybe you match with someone on an app and maybe they're like in their bio or they tell you in those first little conversations that they're chronically ill or that they're disabled. Um, maybe like right when somebody tells an abled person that information, what are what is a good place to start? Like maybe good questions to ask, perhaps. That's a good question. Um, I think it varies very heavily between different individuals. I think sure. um, one of the challenges of the like disabled slash chronically ill community is that like the range of what that looks like is so expansive. Um, so I think that that does make things trickier for people who are unfamiliar with uh, folks who might be experiencing those things and then knowing what to ask right up front because it can kind of be kind of intimidating. And of course, no one wants to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, Especially early on when you're trying to like impress this person, you know? Yeah, so maybe a good place would be to start um, asking what they would like you to know about that. So being like, oh, hey, what would you like to share with me about that? Or like, is there anything that I need to know? And like, obviously, I'd love to hear more. But like, if you know, just to 
like feel free to share whatever you'd like with me, something like that, kind of making it an open thing uh, and making it clear that you're open to talking about it more um, mm -hmm. and that you're not put off by it, I think is a great, like giving them the space to kind of direct the conversation, maybe a good avenue to do it that would work for pretty much any situation, I think. Yeah, I like the way you just framed that right there was just like, yeah, just letting them know that you're open to them leading a conversation about this in whatever way they want to have this mm -hmm. conversation. Yeah. What is the most helpful for them? Or like, yeah, what what are the main main things you want to tell me? Any any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then like, I'm sure, you know, tell me if this is like something that you've experienced is like you know mm -hmm. you kind of have these conversations maybe in the dms of whatever dating app it happens to be and then you make that transition from like actually meeting the person and maybe you find each other attractive and maybe you're really hitting it off and maybe you want to go home together i'm sure there's like a phase two of this conversation that you know maybe would happen <laughs> There usually is. And I think that there's a great way to wrap um, the more specific stuff into like a, a larger conversation about safer sex practices or what people are into kind of doing like your um, read me alcohol calls it like an elevator speech type thing about <laughs> the like the pitch, right? Like, here's things I do like, here's what I'm up for. Here's things I do like, here's things I don't like. Um, you know, you ask somebody things about them like, hey, is there a plate like you can if you're the person who's going on the date with the person who's chronically ill or disabled. Um, you can start off by maybe sharing things that you like about, like where you like to be touched or something like things like that. And then be like, oh, hey, what about you? Is there anything specific I need to know? You know, is there any personal preferences you have? And kind of just like, instead of it being like a, let's have a separate, like, you know, very serious conversation about someone's disability or chronic illness, just incorporate it in the conversations you're already having because there's a lot of room for that already. Um, not that everybody is having those conversations, but for... But wouldn't it be great? But for the did. record, it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> just like give it a shot. It's awesome. <laughs> Talking about sex. Wild. <laughs> Communication is the answer Whoa. to most of your questions. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I like this idea of like... Um, this reminds me of like a disclosing conversation surrounding perhaps specifically like STI stuff or like um, chronic um, chronic STI related stuff like say herpes, herpes and stuff like that. Um, I like um, I heard this from Claire A.H. Uh, her go to kind of elevator pitch kind of mm -hmm. as you were saying is like, do you have anything to disclose? <laughs> That's pretty That's broad, but I like it because it's more about just like, okay, let's make this specifically about me feeling like I've got this burden to kind of, that I need to like hand over to you before we do this. And it's more about like the both of us probably have some things that we would like to, you know, disclose. So like, let's frame it as a conversation rather than this big, scary conversation or this big, scary kind of, I don't know, admission or disclosure mm -hmm. surrounding like whatever is going on with our bodies that they want, we want the other person to know about, you know? Yeah. I like, I like phrasing it as I think, um, you know, is there anything you'd like to share with me or, you know, cause I, cause I, I, I don't dislike the language of like, is there anything you want to disclose? But I think it does lend itself to like sounding very serious. Right. And I tend to be more of like a let's make it casual thing. So it's less stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the, the concept is exactly the same. Like just kind of like opening the door for a conversation about whatever somebody feels they want to share with you. Um, and then kind of like when you're in more in the position to actually be physical, like, you know, maybe an hour, two hours down the road or whatever that's happening. Um, maybe dates down the road. Um, but um, you can also kind of reiterate things or be more specific or, you know, make some adjustments to, you know, where someone touches you. Be like, oh, actually, I really love being touched here and reframe it that way. You know, if they're touching a place that, where, you, where you have a lot of chronic pain or whatever, there's there's ways to to make it part of the conversation you're already having without making it like, don't touch me there, it hurts. Like it, you don't, because that, you know, that's that hard. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's difficult. Um, I like the thing you're saying of like, just like have it be ongoing. It doesn't have to be like one really difficult conversation that we have to have before we can do anything. And we're just going to like fire off all the information we can possibly think of. It's like, it can kind of 
be a conversation that evolves and that is kind of ongoing um situationally you know what I mean like something Mm -hmm. might come up in a situation and it's like okay well mention this thing this thing like just make the adjustment as as you go along rather than feeling like you've got to just get it all in one you know yeah because that's not realistic is it 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 doesn't I mean I could I could say that if I started telling somebody about all of my medical stuff and I wanted to disclose everything up front, we'd be sitting yeah. down for a very long conversation. <laughs> Your eyes would glaze over so quickly. I'd be using words you've never heard before because they're all like medical jargon. Like it, that doesn't really lend itself to like a sexy experience, uh, nor is it something I need to disclose entirely up front on a first date um, yeah. or, you know, whenever it, it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a lot of those things for a lot of people – with chronic illness change on a day-to-day basis where you're having pain, what feels comfortable, what doesn't feel comfortable, what you may or may not be up for. Um, something I really like is, is I was doing um, like a kink thing with a friend lately and they started off by saying, so like, how's your body feeling today? And that kind of opened the door for me to say, okay, so like this part of me is not feeling great. So like, let's not touch that spot or this spot or like here are where I think things might be an issue. And it let me share whatever I wanted to without having, without them having to ask any like specifics about it and let me share what I was comfortable with. So I think maybe that could be a good thing. Like, you know, like going into the bedroom with somebody every time and just be like, Hey, how are you feeling today? Or like, how's your body feeling? Or like, what are you in the mood for? Kind of like framing it mm-hmm. as in that, in that realm. Yeah. Just like a quick little check-in question, kind of yeah. a smooth, a smooth little, you know, <laughs> I like that. I do do that. Um, like when I'm doing facilitating pro kink scenes, like that is definitely a question that I ask, like, I'll say like, is there anything I need to be aware of with your body? But I like that question of like, just how is your body feeling today? I think I've said that. I think I kind of use those two kind of questions kind of interchangeably or whatever, but like, in a pro scene where it's somebody I've never played with, you know, that's something that happens. But I like how you're framing this of like, even if you have played together many, many times before, you know, it differs day to day. And like, you know, people, able-bodied people also just differs day to day. Maybe you slept on your fucking neck weird, like whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? So don't pull my hair today because I might, I feel like I'm really going to aggravate whatever's going on in my, in my neck. Like it's, it just makes sense to like, check in on the day check in right before to be like what's going on because like maybe this thing that we usually do together is not a you know a great thing for me on this particular day so I like that totally and just to be clear that the the person I was referring to is someone I already have like an existing yeah, connection with so yeah. yes so like I think that asking what's going on with your body or like what do I need to know is totally appropriate but we've already like had that conversation so I skipped yep. over it just to be yeah. clear <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, just like to have that information, you know, that all that kind of um, like that, that groundwork laid in, but then also do the thing of like day to day of like, hey, but how are you today? (laughs) And what do you want to do today? Right. I think when we get into like ongoing sexual or kink connections, a lot of times we, we, we already have that comfort level with somebody. So we don't like remember to check in on certain things. I think especially like when it comes, I think kink it's built in more like in the culture of that. Whereas sex, I think sometimes that that gets lost. Um, But I think we can really apply a lot of the same things and in doing so, it makes it more accessible and makes it easier to bring up things. You know, it gives you a a way to, to like, not be like, you know, when you start doing something sexy, you're like, Oh wait, actually I forgot to tell you this thing hurts. Don't touch it. Like that's kind Mm of a harder thing to fit in sometimes. So like when you're just opening the door and then you can share anything about your body that like, I slept on my neck funny or actually like, you know, I, I twisted my wrist doing something at home or like, you know, whatever the case may be, it just gives space for both people, regardless of whether or not you're chronically ill or disabled. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I like, I like how, you know, just the fact that you're having this conversation pre-sex mm-hmm. or pre-play, it's like just right there, that's going to make it a ton more accessible, right? Like rather than just diving into the activity, it's like, wouldn't it be nice if like, you know, the, the kink conversations that we usually have surrounding kinks. Also, we're like, for any type of play, um, that just be, make it a lot more accessible, right? I just think it'll make it more accessible and better. Like, I mean, yeah, if you're some, fair. if you're already having conversations about like, actually, like, if you're like, hey, how's, how's your body feeling today? I feel like that, like, that's someone I'm going to want, feel comfortable sharing, like, what I actually want with or what, like, you're already opening up the conversation for, like, better communication and dialogue. And so, like, 
I feel like that sets a good tone for like sharing fantasies and talking about what you want and doing all those other things that like when when that kind of hasn't been indicated that like people are are comfortable with that kind of level of conversation can be a little bit harder to bring up even if you are somebody who's comfortable sharing those things generally yeah and I mean, emotional, a little bit of emotional intelligence, a little bit of emotional vulnerability. That's very hot. That's great. That's right my there, kink. I'm like, I like you. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I like, love I'm attracted to you now. <laughs> like, just somebody demonstrating the skills a bit, those communication skills. I'm like, oh, but wait, let me give you a second thought here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously, it's so attractive. It really is. And it just shows to me, it's like, okay, we're on the same page. Like, we know it's important to talk about sex and we're, we know the sex will be better for it. You know what I mean? And that's not Absolutely. a blanket statement we can apply to to everyone we'll find on Tinder or whatever, you know? No, I mean, I think it's a, it's definitely a green flag when you, when you hear that, yes. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, when we're talking about, like, sex or kink, like, activity in the bedroom, is there anything that we need to talk about as far as, like, what are, say there does need to be an adjustment that happens. Like, are there things that we can find around our bedrooms that they, that can kind of help us maneuver, um, you know, I don't know, uh, just kind of like a, a variety of different bodies, perhaps, I'll say? I think so. I try not to give too many specifics because everybody's limitations and like yeah. what their body needs is very different. So it's hard to say like, if you do this thing, it will work for everybody. Cause yes, it's not of course. realistic. I got you. Um, but there are things like where you can use pillows to, to prop somebody up in different positions in a way that might feel more comfortable for their body. There are certain sex toys that have like longer handles, which can work better for, for both larger bodies and people who have mobility issues. Um, there are like, you know, there's, like both for for vibrators and for like dildos and whatnot um sometimes having just like being able to reach things better can make things easier uh for a lot of folks um a lot of times it works like it's hard to give specifics because now i'm picturing all these different scenarios of like different bodies and different things and i feel like every one of them would lend itself to like a different suggestion um can you give maybe i'm i'm fine with hearing like a few examples if you do want to be specific of like for instance if someone had this very specific thing they might require this very specific adjustment i'm i think we're yeah um so i know a lot of folks who have more chronic pain stuff um like find it really helpful to prop themselves up with pillows during like oral sex or mm -hmm. certain like intercourse positions um i think also like even non-disability things can be help like that can be helpful for like uh height differences yes. um yeah because I'm, I'm quite short and most people are not my height i'm five feet tall so um <laughs> that's also really helpful um just kind of listening to your body and um figuring out like what's comfortable and then communicating that with that other person because like i think it's being some being somebody who has a chronic illness or many actually uh, or chronic pain issues um a lot of times what I need on a day-to-day -day basis is very different. Like something will hurt one day and the next day it's fine. And then the next day, or like it's, it hurts for like a week or two and then it disappears like it never happened. Um, and it varies a lot. So a lot of it's just like comes down to um, kind of working with what my body's giving me at the time. Um, mm -hmm. I also think that you can adjust what you're, like the act, ex the act itself to kind of tailor to where your body's at too. So like, um, I think, I think that queer sex has it, has it right, which is that like kind of anything both consenting adults think is sex is can be sex. It's not so specific about the act. And that kind of leaves so much room open for, um, accessibility and like having that just kind of be included in what you're already doing. Yeah. Sex doesn't have to be like, doesn't have to follow this very specific script, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, automatically, there's like just so many more options. If your body's not feeling a certain way on a certain day, it just gives you permission and maybe some room to be like, Oh yeah, but this is sex too. And this is fun and hot and sexy too. And like, we don't even have to worry about following a script because kind of queer sex is kind of like, kind of script less it's improvisation which is like so wonderful i i can say from like my own experience so like i um you know like you you grow up with this idea of like these are these are the 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 um the bases you know yes. or that's what sex right. is kind of a thing um 
And then I started developing some chronic health issues, including a lot of vulva pain. And suddenly a lot of that stuff was off the table. And I was so angry or like frustrated because I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out, like, you know, navigating the medical side and finding doctors that would help took quite some time. Um, and, 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 and I felt like, you know, I couldn't have sex the way that I wanted to. And, and when I had tried to Google it, and that's kind of what led me to expand what hedonish was, um, was because when I Googled it, I really couldn't find anything. Everything was geared toward like people in their 70s, and mm. I was in my 20s. So, right, right, um, yeah. and I was like, this doesn't feel like it applies to me. Um, and while it, like everything I kept finding was like, expand your definition of sex, like hold hands and stare into each other's eyes, and that'll feel sexual and intimate. And I was like, I don't think that we're coming from the same place here. <laughs> you're, like, um, you're like immediately no. <laughs> I was like, I hate this website. Um, like someone's got to have better advice. Block than and report. Yep. I know. Right? <laughs> they mean well. Um, that's what I get for looking at AAR, AARP.com for sex. I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, but the concept behind it, like I disagree with the way that they explained it, but the concept behind it actually was totally right. Yeah. When I stopped trying to figure out exactly like how to make my body fit into this small box of things that was sex, suddenly there was a lot of other things that I found I really enjoyed and were super hot and sexy but just didn't fit into that box and worked for me. So things like um, if you're having a really high pain day and sometimes that can make it hard to be touched depending on the type of pain you're having, mutual masturbation is like a really awesome thing. Fabulous activity. I think everybody should enjoy whether or not you have uh, chronic health issues. Um, it's fun. It's hot. And who doesn't want like like watching their partners get off? Like it's just sexy. Yeah. Um, but it also gives you the control over how you're touched. And that can be easier if everything hurts because then you don't have to constantly be directing and saying like, oh, actually that hurts or this hurts or that hurts or, because that can get a kind of take you out of the mood a little bit when you're constantly on guard in that way. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes adjusting what you're doing can be one of the best ways to, to use, I guess, what's in your bedroom in order to make it more accessible. Yeah. And I like that thing, <laughs> Yeah, which is you and your bodies. <laughs> I think that um, I like this thing of like, maybe, okay, well, let's start with the, just this as a concept. It might be easier to like start with very minimal and then build stuff on top of that, like, and then add rather than like start with like, we have to have PIV sex. This is the mm-hmm. script. This is what sex is. And and then I have to start saying, well, not that. Well, not that. Well, not there. Well, not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, it feels easier to like start with, you know, um, not have this, you know, this preconceived notion of what it should be. Um, and then you can just like add things that do feel comfortable. Like that feels like an easier way to kind of communicate surrounding this rather than like, well, well, let's start with this big, complicated, difficult thing. And then I have to keep, you know, saying no, 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 no. Rather than the other thing. It's like, okay, but let's start smaller. And then I can start being like, okay, yes. And then yes. And then like, and then add, Mm -hmm. is there something? There's something with about that. No, I totally <laughs> agree with there. you. I think that when we have this idea of like, okay, so if the ultimate goal is PIV sex, regardless of, of, of you know, anything else, um, I think then anything else can sometimes feel like a consolation prize. Like we yeah, frame yeah. it in our heads that way. And so yeah, yeah. when when that's not something like that physically either feels good or is what you're in the mood for, whether it's a body, like whether the reason is your body or not, maybe you're just not in the mood for it. Um it's like we, we've already framed it as being a negative that we're not doing this thing when mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be framed that way. We can start like, I mean, I think a good way to do it is like, you know, when things start getting hot and heavy, being like, hey, what are you in the mood for? Like, what would feel good to you? Um, like today, you know, specifically. And hopefully you'll have like the kind of communication in, in, in that dynamic where like somebody can share what they're actually in the mood for. And that can kind of send you on what direction to start things on, you know, and help direct how that works so that people can get their needs met in a way that works for them. Yeah. Can I ask, I don't know if this is like, this is probably not an easy answer literally (laughs) at all, but like, I'm like, how do you get, I don't know if even confidence is the right word, but like, how do you get good at being like, just really direct and really clear about like what your body does want to do today. Like how do you even get to the point where you can go maybe on, on a date and then you can really confidently just be like, 
yeah, this is this is specifically what uh, my body needs, wants, desires on this day. Um, like, how would you even start doing that? Because I imagine there's all sorts of feelings wrapped up in like thinking you have to be doing, you know, said activities and feeling bad about communicating that oh I'm sorry maybe maybe I'm just a people pleaser and this is like you know what I mean that's hard to do like how do you get good at doing that and confident at doing that I'm gonna be really honest I'm an incredibly awkward person in those situations like I probably (laughs) don't come across as being cool and confident I come across as being like um ADHD awkward word vomiting um (laughs) if I'm being really blunt about it and I think but I think that there's something to be said for how authentic that is and how hot authenticity can be. Yeah. Um, the people who tend to be into me think that that awkwardness is charming. I, if not, then I'm probably not your person. Yeah. Um, and God bless them, you know? Right, like, <laughs> I'm so glad they exist. Um, but you know, there's been times where I've seen other people like do things in the same awkward, blushing, nervous, like, like rambly way that I tend to. And I'm like, that is fucking endearing as hell. So cute. I was like, is that, I was like, I hope I looked that adorable doing it. Like, you know, I saw somebody like, you know, at a sex ed conference trying to like negotiate something with somebody yes. and it was off in the corner, but I like, you know, it was clearly with an earshot and stuff like that. And I can kind of see what was happening. They weren't really trying to make it private. So I wasn't like being intrusive. Um, it was so cute and awkward. And, and I was like, listen, if that's how I look every time, like I'm cool with that. that I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Like that's really authentic. And honestly, like people being themselves is something that really personally turns me on. Like I really love when people like kind of remove that mask that we all kind of wear during the day and get to see how people really are. And that's always really attractive to me. So like be awkward. Um, yeah. Embrace that nervous energy. It's kind of Embrace cute. the awkwardness. It's adorable. <laughs> and people who are into you are going to think it's hot. Um, if not hot, it'll be charming or endearing or something positive. So you're good. Yeah. I think it's important to mention, like, this this stuff is hard to navigate. It really and, like, is. even educators kind of suck at it. You know what I mean? They can anyways. And it can be challenging still, even though it's like, I know all the things I want to do. I know all the things I want to say. But, like, making that jump from, like, yeah, I know that intellectually and then actually doing it, it's 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 hard and it's challenging. So, like, I think, yeah, as exactly as you said, to start with, like, not thinking you have to do this perfectly is probably a good place to start. <laughs> I don't think there is a perfect way to do it. And like, yeah. and, and, and I, I really love that you said that because I think that like we give off this idea because you know you want to seem professional and yeah. um, informed. And like, I feel like all the sex educators I know are really, really amazing at what they do. And on a personal level, we're all weird, <laughs> awkward people. We're all like, nerds. We yeah. do not have all the answers. Uh, Instagram is not like a perfect representation of what our lives look like. It's not even close in most cases like you know we nobody has all the answers um a lot of the stuff that i'm suggesting comes from like a lot of um awkward encounters that didn't pan out the way that like you know usually they were with a partner or something where you know it was like fun to laugh about it but it's trial and error like it's not there's not um one of my favorite things uh and i try to remember who started this so i can give credit i think it was kate kensfield uh, another sex educator Mm -hmm. who um used term it's either that or sex nerd Sandra I apologize I can't remember but um sex labbing and doing something that like if you're not sure how it's going to work out and this does tend to work better with somebody that you have some familiarity with um but kind of doing things in a no pressure way to see what works or what you like so if you want to try something new if you want to try a new kink thing or a new sex toy or a new sex act or anything else um or even just something you're new to you can kind of like set the parameters it doesn't have to be like a sexy thing you're just going to do it and you can like doesn't have to be weird when you want to offer feedback because you're not like interrupting the flow of things. Like it's a practice scene or like, right. Like let's just practice, you know, like, um, and I think that even framing that it that way, even though nothing's technically really changing, but having everybody be on the same page about the fact that this is a thing that you're just trying out. Um, it's like a rough draft almost, and you're just going to have fun with it. And if at any point anyone's done with it, you just stop like you would anything else. Um, and it can just take off a lot of the pressure when you're trying out new things, especially when like there's a lot of changes to your body. Like that's a good way to do it, especially for like I have a like my chronic illness didn't really present until like my mid 20s, early mid 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had already been having sex when I started having issues um, and kind of had to learn to navigate my body as it was now 
Um, and that shifts all of the time. So sometimes that can be really great for bringing up ways to, to see what works for you now. Um, and even if you don't have health issues, everybody's bodies change constantly. Maybe you've had a kid or been through a chronic health issue type thing. Maybe, maybe COVID changed things for you. I, most people have had that at this point. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons. Um, maybe you started new medications and it changed the way sensation feels hmm. that you can like explore doing that stuff. Um, or just do it because you want to, you don't have to have a reason. <laughs> yeah. You could just want to try something new that you've never tried before and a little practice scene, a little rehearsal. It can even be like a really fun date idea. Like if you're like, yeah. let's try out this new thing we've never done and take off some of the pressure. Like that can just be, it can just be like a silly, goofy thing, um, which is yeah. how I personally prefer it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, like I see a lot of things through a kink lens, right? So like this is like, for me, I'm like, yeah, if you're kind of, you know, super new to kink and you want to like try out a bunch of different things, it's like we do this exact same thing of like, okay, let's do this like kind of training wheels scene. Like it's absent of any power dynamic or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's just the two of us kind of on equal ground and we're going to try out a bit of different like physical sensation type stuff, like kinky different, you know, um, implements and all sorts of different things right and it's like but we're specifically intending this as like this little practice scene where we're not adding in all of these layers on top of like ooh, mm -hmm. this like deep emotional play or this power dynamic and like stuff like that it's like let's do this do a little scene just experimentation scene like absent of role play absent of all of that stuff um, just for the purposes of like learning trying exploring and it's so good because like if someone hasn't done things before, you don't know if how, how hard you like to be hit or if you like thuddy versus stingy or if you mm. like, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's hard to communicate where your boundaries are and what you're comfortable with when you don't actually know what you like yet. So mm. it's, I imagine it's a really great way to start figuring that out. Okay. Oh, I love that. Ooh. <laughs> um, okay. I think what we'll do right now, Rachel, is move into a break. I think I kind of want to pick your brain about like accessibility in sex toys. If that's something we can, sure. a conversation we can get into after the break. But for now, um, everyone take a little listen to our sponsors and then we will be right back with Rachel Rose. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And they have sexy themed events running all the time. Here's just a few as I'm scrolling through their Instagram, which is located at Club M4 Events. We have threesome Fridays. We have a sexy plus size play party. A night revolving around mini skirts. Naughty on a school night. Ooh, and a bi-pleasure Wednesday night dedicated to all things oral. Well, if that doesn't get you excited enough, you can head on over to their website at clubm4.com to investigate even further. The club is located at 1989A Dundas Street East in Mississauga. You can come by and see what a club made for swingers by swingers is all about. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. We're here with Rachel Rose. Oh, yeah. Rachel, so this is why this is kind of interesting to me, because I actually broke my uh, wrist in April, and I still have little to no movement in said wrist. And I have found personally that um, I've really had to change up the way, not only like I masturbate, um, and what sex toys they use, but obviously that goes into like, for me do, being a pro kink facilitator, it's like also the kink activities that I facilitate, I've had to alter everything. I've had to like, just make a lot of 
you know, making different choices um, and whatnot. So that's my personal investment Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this conversation (laughs) surrounding sex toys, you know, implements and all that kind of stuff. Um, Trying to think what my what this opening question could be. Maybe like do uh, just like because you are a sex toy reviewer. do any like accessible sex toys come to mind that you did want to feature before we kind of moved into more conversations surrounding this? Yeah, yeah. The first one I thought of, um, actually, there's another sex educator named Andrew Gerza who has yes, um, Andrew. CP and some other and some mobility issues and has started, I believe, I believe with their sister. With the sister, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, this company called Bumpin, and they are making uh, toys that are intended to they're like additions to toys that make things more accessible um i believe the first one they have out is the bump and joystick and it helps position a lot of other sex toys Uh, it helps position the person to make it easier um i just looked it up while we were talking so i could could so i could mention it accurately um but get bumpin b-u-m-p-n.com uh is where you look that up and that has like a bunch of it, it, there's like a great video on there that shows how it works because looking at it, I, I didn't personally know how that would <laughs> me neither like like how it was used and also the scale is much larger than it looks like it would be um, because it helps with physical positioning. Um, so yeah, I, I remember to, remember to talk I remember talking to Andrew way back in the day before uh, Bumpin' was kind of in the works and I was kind of giving him a bunch of different kink you know tools and we were just kind of talking through well how how this could um, what modification modification could happen to this so that you could use it? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, what would make this more accessible and stuff like that? And just in general, he was like, to make things like bigger, specifically for him and his disability, he was like, just making things bigger was a big one that came up I again and again. I'm not sure if specifically it's one of um, his limitations or their limitations, but I know that um, that for a lot of people who have, like grip or mobility issues, holding smaller things can be challenging. Yes. Sometimes using larger toys, um, positioning, like things that help with positioning, although they, like like Liberator, but they can get kind of pricey. You can kind of DIY it with some with pillows, thicker yeah. memory foam pillows. Um, you know, there's stuff like that that can be really helpful. Other things that people have mentioned to me, because um, a lot of this stuff isn't stuff that I personally deal with, so I'm, I'm taking advice from, from sure. people who do personally um, have more mobility issues. So stuff like... Um, depending on, on what the limitations or, or disability is, um, putting down like a nice waterproof blanket can be great if there's any incontinence issues or honestly, if someone gets really wet yep. or you, know, you don't want to have to Whatever clean up fluids. the bed afterwards for, for any fluids. <laughs> Liberator makes a good one. Um, I have heard friends share that um, there are some nice like waterproof blankets and uh, marketed toward like people with pets that are a much more affordable option. Um, listen, I'm all about like bargain Bargain sex toy accessibility. Um, You know, if you can get the same quality for a a price that works for your budget, you know, a lot of the stuff I think in sex toys is, um, it's all amazing and I love it all and it can be very pricey. So um, I like being able to mention alternatives when I can. Um, I had a few others. I think it depends like, you know, um, for some people, the, the Tantus Rumble, I believe it's still sold. That one was like, designed to be more ergonomic and easier to hold. Mm-hmm. However, the trade-off is that the vibrations are a lot weaker than other similar style wand vibrators. Um, but it is wireless. Um, my personal favorite is the Doxy, um, mm-hmm. which is a big wand vibrator that actually plugs into a wall. I don't know if they have a cordless version yet. I, I looked up the other day and I already forgot what I looked at. But um, I definitely have broken a person's Doxy. <laughs> I know somebody who's gone through three or four. I don't know. I, I can't imagine they're using it much differently than I am. So I don't know how it keeps breaking. Mine have, mine just like stopped working over a period of years, but I didn't break anything. Yeah. Uh, I like mistaken. snapped the head basically. That's what the other person I was referring to had done. It, like <laughs> it just continually. And I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, beware, it is a possibility. <laughs> um, I do know, at least they used to, I haven't looked at it recently, but they have a really good, um, they're good at honoring their warranty because yes. a year of buying it. So yeah, because um, they are quite expensive. So yeah, they yes. do they do honor that warranty though. Yeah, which thank God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I I have I have two of those. I have one here, like one at my house and one at my partner's. I'm like I, just, I like it was it was too much to carry back and forth. It's too bad. Um, but um, 
no, that's really great, but it is heavy. So that can be an issue for people who have trouble lifting things. Um, however, like larger wand, like stronger, I should say, wand vibrators can be great for people who are having issues with medications um, that cause anorgasmia or like loss of sensation because they are like more intense vibrations and they're very rumbly. So it tends to like do more for the, the hidden bits of the clitoris, I think personally, although I think it works on all it can be great for all bits, regardless of what genitals you have mm-hmm. um, or what part of the body you want to use it on. Um, so those are some of the first, like, main things that came to mind Yeah, when we were talking about accessible sex toys. But there are a lot of other positioning tools out there or some. Um, I've seen some cool things with kink stuff, like with uh, floggers, ones that, like, they were designed to secure around your wrist. Like, they were almost like gloves that have floggers mm-hmm. on the end. So that if you can't hold them, you're still able to do it. Because if you have um, arm mobility, but just not the grip to hold it, that would help you do that. So stuff like that. Yeah, Um, what comes to mind as far as like flogging, like something I've lost the ability to do is like to do Florentine flogging, mm -hmm. like, like you're quote unquote supposed to, you know, how I used to be able to do it, right? And um the Florentine for people that know is like two floggers. So you're doing like one, two, three, four, like a four point hit every time you go in and you're doing two at once. And it requires like a lot of wristiness. <laughs> a lot of the wrist stuff is happening. And like, I found that, um, you know, if you get one that, you know, either uh, can attach to one of your fingers or like your closed fist and it's the handle spins like where the flogger is just spinning so you don't actually have to be using your wrist to spin the flogger you can just kind of move your hand in a circle and kind of spin it like it's a pasty like you're twirling mm-hmm. a tassel um, yeah. on a pasty you know it is just kind of going to spin so your hand doesn't specifically need to be you know row rotating it's like you can just kind of move your arm and the thing will spin which i yeah. felt that was uh that was a huge help it sounds like it would be yeah yeah i mean i've also just modified a lot of things by like just trying to bring the skills of my non-dominant hand i mean both are dominant but uh, bring <laughs> you know try to bring up the skills of my non-dominant hand up to match like my other one uh, because unfortunately I've lost uh, the mobility in my dominant hand so it's like also that thing of like I really kind of realized that I can literally dominate men with one hand tied behind my back like I literally you can do a lot of things just with the one hand so it's like maybe it's not going to resemble exactly how I used to do things before but it's like a lot of just modifications can be made of like oh, well, I can kind of do that with one hand if I just inform the person, like, that it's going to look a little differently. You know what I mean? And this is the way I do it. Again, opening up that conversation of, like, okay, how do we flog? You know, we know what flogging is and how it looks, but, like, how do Mm -hmm. you and I flog or whatever activity you want to put in that in its place? Totally. And that's just, like, part of it being something that, like, like, little modifications you can make, like, per individual that you just like communicate and that it's not a big like obviously it can be a big deal still depending on how you feel about it individually but it doesn't have to be a big deal in the moment yeah I'm thinking of like specifically like I've seen like dildos with like uh the like the big curved handles like Mm -hmm. those strike me as just being wildly accessible yeah I was thinking of like um I don't remember the name. It's like there's a there's one by Tant. It's like the G wand, I think, and it's on like a there's a couple of them they have that are on like uh, almost like a it's like, it's like a literal handle that's built into the silicone, and those are yeah. I think really great. It's great for people like I just have short arms. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like it's not even a mobility issue. I just have shorter arms. Um, yeah. but like also if you have if you're a larger bodied person, if your positioning isn't right, if there's like a lot of reasons that's super helpful. Um. It gives you room to like hit better angles and to like do things that work, might work better for you. Um, and yeah. also like if you're using it on somebody else or something with a handle on somebody else, um, especially because you should be using lube, um, you know, things can get slippery. So if it doesn't, not something that has like an easy way to hold it, it can be really hard on your hard hands to hold and, on your to. and your hands starts cramping. Like, um, especially because you're like holding on for your life because the lube is just making it a slippery mess, you know? 
I'm just saying it could happen. Um, so yeah, that that um, one thing that I will mention that just came to mind is the Knuckle Fucker by Unicorn Collaborators, which basically like is a leather um, hand harness, you know, that you can hold in your fist and you can it's just like it's a strap on uh, strap on compatible. So you can put any dildo that has like a base. It suddenly gives any dildo, you know, a handle that you can actually hold on to. And it's kind of you're a bit away from like the luby, um, the luby dildo, right? It's like a separate part and you're kind of underneath all of that. So it's like it can be an accessibility thing, but it can also be a thing of like, it's just hard to hold onto a dildo when it's covered in lube <laughs> and it's hard to right. monitor like, where am I wiping my hands so that I can get a better grip on this stupid thing? It's like, if, if, we, if we're ask accessible, like we're making it accessible for everyone. It's not just for disabled folks. It's like literally will make anyone's life easier. <laughs> you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to say like accessibility legitimately helps everybody. And I think that's something that we like, as a society have missed the, the mark on is yeah. like how much better uh, having things be accessible. It's better for chronically ill and disabled people, but it's just literally better for everybody. Cause there's always going to be a reason like people break, break their wrist or they fall down the stairs or they, I mean, all sorts of things. And sometimes it's just for like a slippery dildo situation. Slippery ass dildo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but things like this, like the knuckle fucker that you mentioned, um, or other harnesses, like a thigh harness, stuff like that, those can also be really great modifications depending on what you're, or they could just be fun. Like, oh, they're just fun. They're too. great for like a whole bunch of things. Um, yeah. Once I realized, honestly, that my thigh harness, that you could just like put it on a pillow, you could harness mm -hmm. it on a pillow or something like that. I was like, <laughs> like mind blown, you know? It's so fun to figure out different ways to use things and like... I love when it makes it more accessible or more fun or any of those things. And it's just like, be creative, like yeah. try things out. That's where the whole sex laughing thing comes in. Like if you want to see if it works, give it a shot. Yeah. Try it out. Experiment. Why not? <laughs> Create a little scientific. <laughs> and I mean. For science. It, for science. Obviously. And I for mean, science. let's be honest, like that kind of particular nuance <laughs> in MedFet is really hot. So like lean into it. Do make this like <laughs> mad scientist role play surrounding like, you know, your That'd little so <laughs> cute exploration scene. Like that's fun too. Like make it, make it, make it hot. Make it funny. Make it like however, literally however you want. It doesn't have to be this like actually clinical kind of thing making kink accessible or sex accessible or like um being really consent focused like it doesn't have to feel unsexy like it in fact it does the opposite because you're like bringing people in to like what will make this better and hotter you know and easier it's like that's that's that just makes as we said it's just gonna make the sex better Right. And I, I, I never, um, cause you mentioned consent. I never understand when people are like, it'll just ruin the mood. I'm sorry. Consent <laughs> only makes things sexier. Seriously. Like I, it, it blows my mind. I'm like, do you not know how to ask sexy questions? Like, tell me what you want me to do to you or like, tell me what you like, or like, show me what you like doing, you know, how you like to be taught, like stuff like that. Like it's consent focused and also really sexy, no matter how you spin it. Right. Like, yeah. Like, do you not like dirty talk? Like X, Y, Z. <laughs> <laughs> If you like dirty talk, then you will t like talking about sex in a consenty way. Like it's, it's the same. Right? It could be the same thing. You know, it it literally most of time is. I mean, most I think so depending too. on how you word the questions, but like it's not hard to frame it in a way that is consensual and also really hot. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a tonal shift. You know, a really tiny thing that you can make, and suddenly it sounds really hot. <laughs> suddenly it's really sexy all of a sudden. It's not like like you don't have to be like a formal inquisition of like, can I kiss you? It can yes. be like. I really want to kiss you right now. Or, you know, like, so, like there's so many different hot ways to do it. How would you feel if I were to give you a really fucking passionate kiss right now? Like, how would that make you feel? Tell me. About or do you it. want to kiss me? Or do you, you know, yeah, like, like any of these Put it options. on them. Make yeah. them deal with it. <laughs> yeah, to me, Make I them the like, awkward one. <laughs> right? For once. God. Um, <laughs> for me, it's like, you know, how we were talking about, like, just kind of the framing of like a kink negotiation versus like the pre-talk you would have and like other types of sex and play. It's like some people like, like mo I feel like also most people like during negotiation of a scene, like that's also really exciting for the folks again who are just like, well, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to like do it. I but it's like you're missing out on honestly, like hearing about what is hot about a particular act like mm -hmm. 
how is that not sexy? Like you're you're getting into this person's brain about like what specifically about this thing is really hot to you? Like what's going on in your brain when you're doing this activity? Like how is that? I just don't understand how the com- compartmentalization of like this is information versus this is like sexy. I don't know. I think it's all it all can definitely coexist, and in my brain definitely does. I think I'm one of those people who, like, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask because I totally agree with you. So I'm definitely not going to be able to see the other side of the thing. Um, but I, I've always You're not going to fight like, me on it. No, no, we're on the same, we're on the same page for sure. Um, but I, I always, like, I always want to know what's going on in everybody else's heads. And I, that's one of my favorite things about sex is, like, creating that kind of intimacy and vulnerability where you can, like, actually know what's going on in someone's head. Where people, yeah. like, like, I love creating situations or events were like like when I mentioned glittergasm earlier like my favorite yeah. thing about that is how comfortable people feel mm-hmm. um I've seen people take naps at it and like if they didn't <laughs> like it they, which sounds wild right um but I saw someone just like crawl up in the corner there was a couch and they just took a nap and if they hadn't liked it I knew they had a ride home like they they could have just laughed but they just felt really comfortable and like <laughs> I honestly great. took that as a compliment I mean it was like one time but like um but I think it's just creating spaces where people feel comfortable exploring whatever they really want to be doing um and feel comfortable like trying new things like that's how is that not awesome and hot yeah how is that something you don't want <laughs> i i will never understand it personally like yeah and, and i think that's where it gets you know i'm like even before i think i had a really great understanding of consent because like no one really teaches that when yes, you're younger that. and so i think like you know um I'm too much of a people pleaser to not be completely consent focused all of the time. So I think that kind of just came to me very naturally. But like, I realized like I was already, when I kind of had a fuller understanding of, of like how to ask consent focused questions in bed, like I realized I was already doing that stuff yeah. um, partially because I have anxiety and I just wanted to know they were into <laughs> whatever sure. was happening. I was like, I'm just going to need this reassurance here. Um, but really it's the same questions that you'd ask anyway. And I'm like, and you just make it a dirty talk. Cause that made it less, uh, intimidating it made less intimidating and less like about my anxiety i just made it dirty talk and i was like now i get the reassurance i want and makes me feel good and like i can be more in the moment and the other person's super on board with what's happening and everyone's happy yeah yeah totally and we're not like dismissing the fact like these conversations can be hard too because we have said that they can't be but like it's this thing of like people just like having this blind spot when it comes to these conversations, like not wanting to have them. It's like that that's the the thing we're talking about, like the f- folks who for some reason are just, yeah, have some sort of block when it comes to. Yeah, yeah. Just really wanting to have conversations surrounding sex, like before you have them mm-hmm. at, during, after, whatever. It's like ruin the mood type people. <laughs> and I think that those conversations can be really challenging. I do think that the consent focused stuff can be really easy. Tell me about that. What do you mean by that? I think just the way that we were talking before, right? Like the way that you ask those things, making it dirty talk, it doesn't even have to be explicit, right? You can kind of make it, um, you know, like, tell me what you like or, you know, show, you know, I'd love to hear more about like what you're into or, you know, kind of like leading up to it more so. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I ask you a question specifically? When, um, what if you say, tell me what you like? And what if the person says, oh, whatever, or like, whatever you want to do, babe. Like, why, be, why do you respond to that? I, th- um, I think the people I pick tend not to do that kind of stuff because that's like, <laughs> I like, I, I love, I love really forward people um, or who are like, you know, anyway, but I think that in that case, you'd be like, all right, well then tell me, like, what are some things that you've done that you've enjoyed? Mm-hmm. You know, use like past examples as like, like, what, are you, like, what was, the, what was the, your favorite thing that you've ever done? Like, what was the hottest, like, or describe like the hottest thing you've ever done to me or something like that, you know, and. Um, obviously, it's going to depend on like the level of comfort you have having these conversations and the person's comfort answering them. Um, sure. They may not want to. And so I think there was kind of like a, a scale there of how intimate those answers might be. But yeah, um, I like how you're saying there's a way to like, there's a way to kind of mine for information for with ask folks. A follow that... up question would be my suggestion. Yeah, give them a multiple choice is my tip. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. <laughs> if they're not forthcoming. <laughs> And you want to know, and you need to know, then it's like, yeah, because that's something I deal with kind of daily, like in my professional stuff is like, Mm -hmm. folks who are coming in new to kink, and maybe they don't have tons of bottoming skills or tons of experience in what they want. Maybe they don't know what they want. That's what they're here to do. Like, you know, and um, 
it's like, okay, yes, that's a great intention to like book a pro, but also I do need some information for like liability <laughs> reasons and like just so I'm here for you. Like, you know, it's all about you. So like I need you to know a bit about experience. you. Yeah. And like give me information so I can make this a nice, you know, let's fulfill this fantasy for you. Like whatever. But yeah, it's sometimes that thing of like they don't have the answers. So like, you know, what do you do when you ask a question and the person's like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You can ask, I mean, it depends on how intimate you want to get. Cause like, obviously some of these questions might not be like if the first time you're meeting somebody and it's not like more of a, like, a, like you're hiring somebody type thing, yeah, people yeah, might yeah. not be comfortable answering. But like, if you have that kind of familiarity, you can ask, you know, like, what do you think about when you get yourself off? Like, what do you picture being hot? If you've never tried it? Mm, I like that. You know, like, what do you, um, and, and honestly, you can kind of just keep asking questions until, like, you, I mean, I ask yeah, a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm big on questions, so maybe maybe that's not everybody's best <laughs> tactic, but um, like, with their consent of, like, them being okay with you asking the questions, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also be like, okay, well, what would you like to do with me today? You know, if they're like, oh, I don't know what I like. Okay, well, then what would you like to try? You know, <laughs> what's something you, or what's something you've always wanted to try? Um, if they've never had the experience of trying any of the things that you're doing. Um, so mm-hmm. there's different ways of framing it. And if they refuse and just be like, I need some more clarity on like what you're into. Cause I want this to be an enjoyable experience for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of put it on them that like, if you don't give me anything that I can't make this, that we can't make this a good experience for both of us. Yeah. Or it'll be or, a lot better if. Right. And maybe a last, if like one other approach would be to share what you're into first. Um, and hope that helps them feel a little more comfortable and be like, oh, well, I, like I can tell you too. what I'm into and you can tell me what of that sounds good to you. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like let them too. just not have to say something out loud. They can kind of just like point to like order by picture kind of a situation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, sometimes. Picture like a Chinese food menu. <laughs> yeah. They just point number one, <laughs> number two. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's all very helpful. And these are all like different ways of like, you've just given me some ideas of like other ways I can kind of do that thing of like mining for information for a person that's like not being super communicative with me. It's like, yeah, telling then maybe I could say, well, here are some of the activities that are my favorite to facilitate. You know what I mean? Like me talking about me doing pro stuff, but like, yeah, offer some information. I like that as a tip. And then they'll be like, oh, me too. They could just literally say that or like, yeah, that, but not that or like whatever, you know. Sometimes I think it's like when you ask somebody what their favorite song is and then you ask them to say the lyrics and you know they've heard the song a thousand times, but on the spot, no one can remember what the lyrics are. So I think sometimes people just get like a deer in the headlights feeling, right? Yes. Like they're just nervous. And so it's not that they don't even know what they like. They just don't remember what exists anymore. <laughs> it's like every time I try to pick what I'm eating for dinner, I suddenly forget what food exists. <laughs> so like, relatable. <laughs> so like maybe, and like someone will be like, okay, do you want what? Like, and they'll like, my partners will be like, do you want Chinese food? Do you want pizza? Do you want soup? Do you want... And yep. suddenly it's a lot easier to remember what I actually <laughs> like to eat. Um, so sometimes I think it's just like not a, an unwillingness to share information. It's just yeah. like a, I've panicked and I've forgotten what anything in my brain is. <laughs> That is such a good point. That is such a good point. And it is not, you know, putting um, like judgment on like, do you have these communication skills or not? It's like, no, maybe I do. But I just need a bit of help. You know, like I'm just kind of seizing up right now. Um in this moment due to nerves due to like whatever literally or just not being able to recall info like that. That could be not how the how they communicate, you know, getting a question to have to do an answer. Like, I like that that example. Like, literally anyone that asks me what my favorite movie is, I'm like, I don't know! Stop asking me that! I'm like, I have no... I've never heard a song ever. No, I can't... I don't know what my favorite song is. I don't know what music exists. I don't know what movies exist. I don't know what food exists. Like, I'm just... I'm lost here. Um, (laughs) It doesn't matter that I watch tons of movies and TV and eat food, you know, on a pretty regular basis. Um, And, you know, and in doing those things and, like, kind of having a... um, like a bag of different tactics you can use to get like the answers that might help somebody feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. you're inherently making it more accessible. Cause like you're kind of accommodating for how people's brains might work differently. Maybe they're neurodivergent, maybe they have communication. Like, you know, there, there's something um, going on for them that makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Like you're just giving it more options so that like if one way doesn't, if your normal go-to way doesn't work for somebody, now you've made it accessible because you've got other ways that aren't 
again, they're not a consolation prize. They're just a different way of trying things. There you go. I love that. I think that's a fabulous note to end on, Rachel. Yes. <laughs> that was great. Oh, man, I've had so much talking to you. It's so much fun talking to you. Um, I definitely want to give... Yeah, right? It's been total blast. Um, I want to give you, of course, an opportunity to tell people where they can find and follow you and your links and your blog and all of this stuff. Sure. So you can find me at um, www.hedonish.com. It's H-E-D-O-N-I-S-H. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at @hedonish, um, and you can also book coaching sessions and workshops through my website. Lovely. I love people that do public speaking um, surrounding their business on a regular basis because I was so lovely and succinct. Um, for me, <laughs> you can follow me at the Lady Pim One on Twitter. That's definitely where I'm the most active. But if you must go on over to Instagram, you can go to at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast. We also have a Patreon. It is the Bedpost show is it yes uh we also have a youtube channel it is also the bedpost show and i never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast her name is steph copeland you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com rachel this has been an absolute blast thank you so much for speaking with me today thank you so much for having me and i know I, you said it was succinct and now i'm gonna go and ruin that i would like to just <laughs> list it. one more thing if that's cool ruin me daddy I, yep I am also <laughs> I'm also an artist and graphic designer and I do a lot of like sex positive art uh, and some commissions of like new paintings and stuff like that. And you can find me on Instagram at at genetic lemon um, or on Etsy by the same name. Uh, genetic lemon shop on Etsy. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. I hope you enjoyed this episode, everyone. We will see you next week talking to another fun and sexy guest with sex and sexuality here on the Bedpost Podcast. Until then, get fucked everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 